Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So should we explain what just happened? Sure. Okay. You, you're so happy that I'm going to do this because yeah. I look so bad as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, folks, this was going to be an evening where I came early to Kate's place to do the recording. And I brought the book. And the book is in this bag, but this is not my usual bag. For some reason, I decided to put the book in my grocery bag because I like to do my grocery after I... Shopping after I, I meet with Kate. This is too much information. <laughs> but the point is that my normal bag was left at home. And I couldn't imagine what I would need it for because my normal bag doesn't have the book in it, therefore why would I bring it? The, the fact of the matter is though, folks, that I, I tend to uh, put these notes together at work and print them out at work a lot. Yes, and you, you write notes for every episode. I do. Not everything comes off the top of your head. It's all planned. Oh, and sure. Give away the game, why don't you? Well, hey, you've mentioned notes. I, so. I do, though. This is true. There are, everything there are I notes. Everything I say is usually off the top of my head. I know. Except for when I'm like reading the book. And then I'll put That's together correct. some notes. But this is correct. That, yeah, no. I got nothing planned. <laughs> no, not these. I have all these facts in my head. No, not true. So what happened was, I took the wrong bag, got here, and it takes a good half an hour to get here yep. from, my, from my front door, got here and realized almost instantly that I did not have the notes. And we decided, well, that's okay. The notes are at home. Uh, my husband will simply take pictures of the notes and send them to me. Well, of course he wasn't picking up his phone. So then I realized I had one on my phone. That didn't really work out. Uh, then my husband calls. Then we tried to print them out. Long story short, how long have I been here? Like, like an hour and 15 minutes, maybe? It's like an hour. Like an hour. Like an hour. It would have yeah. taken you an hour to get there and back anyway. Yeah, so basically... But hey, you saved gas. I did save gas. I did save gas. I thought you said you have gas. And I was like, well, that's the upside, all right. Hey, I don't know. You got gas. <laughs> got gas. I got that going for me. Who are you? I am Kate, yeah. the printer. Kate the Kate the prepared, and I am Betsy, the unprepared. And uh, but now you're prepared. Well, now I'm perfectly prepared. I've got more notes than God intended. There's just copious notes in my hands, and uh, yes, and we do a podcast with these notes. Yeah, called Fuse Eight and Kate, mm -hmm. where we talk about picture books. Mm -hmm. Hence the previous allusion to a book that I had brought. And the notes that I take about a book I read. That's correct. And between these notes that you take and that I bring, we determine the classical status of it and whether this book deserves to be remembered and written this much about. Because I have like 10 pages of notes here. Jeez Louise. Yeah. There's a reason for that. We'll get to that. Honestly, this is, this is, um, yeah. This okay, is... so keep my opinion short because we need to get to the history. Not necessarily. Some of these notes are completely useless. Oh, excellent. Excellent, yes. Okay, so I just wanted. Oh, oh, the book, the book, the book. Yes. Let me pull out the book. See, the problem with pulling out the book is that I this book is a compilation which has the story in it. 
All right, so here's the ah, book. Ah, yes, you have shown me this gigantic this is, book. Yes, this is the HarperCollins Treasury of Picture Book Classics, and I'm going to point to one of them. Whoop, what am I pointing to? If you give a mouse a cookie. Yes, and because it's teeny tiny, I will read out the author and illustrator. Uh, Laura Joff Numeroff wrote it, and Felicia Bond did the pictures. What was that name? Fnuffaruffa? <laughs> no, that was Laura Joff Numeroff. Um Yes. Have you ever read this book? Nope. See, this book came out in 1985, so I figured there was a chance. I mean, if it was read to me, I don't remember. Well, right. that would have been we, one. You were one. You, were one. <laughs> you do understand that every time I read the date, I do the math from my own birth date. You know that, right? Uh, yeah, so no. I always go to 1985 and I go, well, you were more than old enough. Oh, right. No. Mm-hmm. But you were seven? Was I no. was I eating solid foods at that point? Yes, but barely. Okay. All right. Could I eat cookies? No, um, I don't think you could eat a cookie. Then why would I read it? Um, is that the only reason we read books about cookies? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm I mean, glad we're there, clear on is that. Is there another reason? I. Because you read a book about cookie and then you want to eat cookie, therefore cookie cookie. Your logic right? is impeccable and I can find no flaw. I mean C is for cookie and that's good enough for me. Oh boy. So. Alright, you know what, I'm just gonna <laughs> hand this gigantic book to you. Ooh, this tome. Alright. Enough, enough, enough. Enough, enough, enough. Go read that thing. While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on what's exactly going on here. Author Laura Numeroff has often said in interviews that the idea for this story came to her during a long car trip that she took with a friend from San Francisco to Oregon. Apparently she narrated as they drove and then later wrote it down. Now the manuscript was then passed over by nine publishers before being taken on by Laura Geringer, a publisher under Harp and Row. Harper and Row is now Harper Collins who immediately thought of Felicia Bond to illustrate it. Bond describes rushing off to get the sketches done before leaving town with her boyfriend and the energy of the mouse sort of evolved from that excitement that she felt at the time. Uh, and she has mentioned on numerous occasions that the little boy in this book was her boyfriend, Stephen Roxburgh, which, who is a publisher in his own right. Um, and this is apparently supposed to be him as a child. So make of that what you will. Hello, you. Hello. How are you doing? Okay. You read a book? I did. Was it a good book? It's adorable. Really? I think the the, the title of the book, though, kind of made me think differently, though, because... Wait, what did you think the title was about? I thought it was going to be, if you give a mouse a cookie, call an exterminator. <laughs> <laughs> well, on yeah. yourself, because you're the one enabling the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Though, I think the kid regrets it. Oh, clearly. The kid regrets it. Yes. The only time he smiles is the very first page. Yes. And he's got a little smirk. And he sees this adorable little mouse with this little overalls. It it is hard for anything to not look adorable if it is wearing overalls. And it's got a little backpack. Does it? I never noticed the backpack. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Apparently, if you give a mouse a cookie, he wants milk. And look, he has to take the backpack off to even get to the the glass of milk i don't ever... he... hmm. isn't that adorable um it's, a... sure. it's adorable oh boy oh boy and 
And if he oh, and if he asks for milk, that's adorable. Is, is it? You know what's not adorable though? What's that? The fact that they have a picture of a car accident on their fridge. Okay, I need you to hand that book to me. Here. Okay. Wait, let me see this. At first, I was like, "What is?" It? So it's like a newspaper clipping that they cut out and put on the fridge. And at first, I was like, "Is it a guy that's helping like a homeless guy?" That's what then, it looks like at first. But then there's a car in the middle, so I'm thinking maybe he got rear-ended. Yeah, I'm thinking there was a car accident, and the guy is angry, and that's why he's got his he's got his arm up, right? They two arms up. Yeah, they do seem so to be. I'm thinking that there must have been a news article written about this. However, why if it, if it was you, why would you cut that out and tape it to your fridge? More importantly, why would you put that in the children's book in the background? It's strange. That's right? so strange that I almost want to contact the illustrator and ask her what was going on. Could you? I don't know her. Is it Numenoff enough? No, it's no. Felicia Bond. Oh. I don't know Felicia Bond. Oh. Numeroff of I also don't know. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. I'm no good to you here. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, what is going on? I have no idea. I have never noticed Is it a homeless man or is it a car accident? I don't Either know. Either way, it why is it on your fridge? <laughs> it's like weird. Yeah. Also, so, all right, so the mouse, he wants to drink his milk, but he mm. needs a straw. Mm-hmm. So the kid's, like, rummaging around in the pantry trying to find a straw, and I noticed that there's a box of animal crackers. Oh, yeah. Did you know that the the company that makes the animal crackers is, like, Barnum... Yeah, Barnum Sir, Animal Crackers, yeah. which recently changed its logo for the first yeah. time in years. Yeah, they removed the bars from the cages. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, there's no cages on these. Maybe well, it was ahead of its time. Uh, well, now they're... <laughs> see, my son is addicted to animal crackers. Now they're... If you look at the picture now, they're not even in a zoo situation. All of them are on safari. Even the animals that have no business being in a safari-like wilderness. Like you are, do. Yeah, like you do. So. But he asked yeah. for a napkin. I thought that was very civilized. It is for a rodent. But A filthy filthy no rodent. no oh. he is not filthy oh, the that? kid is making a mess everywhere Look, the kid is running himself ragged to meet the demands of this rodent he cannot he doesn't even have time to pick up after himself i'm pretty i am a parent i am sympathetic to this child because the child is clearly doing what every parent does when the kids are constantly asking for stuff yeah well he asked for a napkin he doesn't ask for a napkin now he's not being rude about it he's just saying when he's finished, he would like a napkin. Why? Well, the kid doesn't know where they're kept. He has to go through the entire house. He doesn't do the shopping for this house. Why, he's got to search his entire kid, house for a napkin. you're just going to grab a towel. Like, you're not going to search for napkins. The mouse clearly asked for a napkin. Yeah, but if you're a kid... I have a feeling there would be horrible repercussions if he did not meet the exact demands of this mouse at I, every step I of the way. I feel like the kid's making a mess and the mouse is on oh, top of it. no. Because no. the mouse, even when the he mouse. cuts his hair... He asks for a broom. Yeah. But and does he sweep up his things? He puts them into piles. Betsy, he is the size of a mouse. Okay. Keep that in mind. These dust piles are like ten times his height, and he just cleaned an entire house. <laughs> but it's really weird, though, because when he's holding the sponge, he gets super angry. He's like evil mouse. That is evil. I think he's trying to, it's supposed to look like the mouse is like squishing, you know, the oh, he's reader. Cleaning, are you cleaning you? Or the yeah, re- he's or cleaning he's gonna, you or he's the gonna reader. Like, or he's going to spray I've like, water. I've never noticed that he was even there. 
Yeah, but he looks super angry. He looks really... Or well, evil. He, I think he looks evil. I think he's like, yeah, how do you like it? What if you don't get a wash with a sponge? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's still huh. kind of weird. That's bizarre. I've yeah. never seen that before. So, right, so he cleans... Clearly, I've never really the... looked at this book, though I read it all the time. Really? Yeah. Well, I think that's amazing, because when I clean the house, I'm exhausted by the end, there and the go. house is not, like, a hundred times my size, mm. whereas this poor mouse, he didn't have he to clean the whole house. No, he didn't. He's not obligated to do any of this. And yet, he did, <laughs> because he's amazing. Did he amazing. do it well, though? Did he do it well, or is he, like, one of those kids who's like, oh, I'll help you clean, quote-unquote? Uh, it is yeah. a big dust pile. Yeah. And I do this. I do the same thing too. I do dust piles as I go. Yeah, yeah, no, I do too. And then like I'll then go back I and... clean them up. Well, he's still working on it. That's to give the mouse some time. Jeez, <laughs> I can't believe you're defending this mouse. I am. I'm defending <sighs> the mouse. My God. So, it gets to the point where he's he. Wait, what exactly does he say? He says when he's done cleaning an entire. <laughs> Doesn't, mansion. Wait, it does not say that. Those are not He'll the words. He'll probably it uses. want to take a nap because he has run himself ragged. That is not what it says. So you'll have to fill up a little box for him with a pillow, with a blanket and a pillow. Now, forward-thinking kid here. He does a good job. He takes his mother's very expensive dusting powder. I don't think it's, it's expensive dusting powder. How I would think you know? Well, I don't know. Exactly. But... He doesn't know either. And yet that that dusting powder probably cost his mother like $60 at Avon. It's dusting powder. Where's Amelia Bedelia when you need her? Uh, so, <laughs> so we got this mouse who's hooked up in this now empty mm-hmm. beauty powder tin. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a little Fluffing bandana. his pillow and getting But let me rags. say, oh my gosh, the mouse is wearing boxers. He is wearing a tiny set of boxers. How adorable. You have just fallen for this mouse. Oh my gosh, he's he cleans up after himself. He wears cute little boxers in a backpack. <laughs> What's not to love? And he is an artiste. Uh... He, he, he sees <laughs> the kids comic book yes and decides that he wants to draw a picture okay well, i will grant you this so he He's, puts his clothes back yeah on. I, I appreciate and that he puts just, his clothes back and on. with these crayons that are literally the length of his body yes he draws it is a shockingly amazing it is a shockingly good, good I mean, crayon drawing i didn't even see a gray crayon he, oh a gray yeah there is there is a gray crayon yeah he even makes um you can even see the wood there's no the, green oh there is a green no no Oh, no, no, she, she. There's no white though. Well, the white's a paper. Oh my gosh, he can color around. The, he can color empty space. Oh, artiste. I could argue Le that mouse. the picture is actually better than the illustrations in the book to a certain extent. You can see the grain of the wood. Yeah. The individual. And it kind of makes me think like, I'm looking at like the architecture of their home mm-hmm. and like the little roof that they have over their doorway. Mm-hmm. I mean, where and there's like mountains in the background. Are where are they? Are I just they... like his mom's dress. I was looking at the little sister's little dress. Little sister's okay, but the mom's like, dress are they is in actually Hawaii? pretty cool. Like no, okay, not with those trees. Why not? They don't have those kind of trees in Hawaii. They don't. No. What kind of trees are they, Betsy? These trees. Yeah. Oak. How do you know? You can only see the trunk. <laughs> well, I've been mm-hmm. to Hawaii, my dear. Mm-hmm. And there's no way those trees mm-hmm. are in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. I think it's adorable. It is he, very cute. But then it made me think, if he's, if he's drawing his family, where is his family? That is a good question. Did the family used to have a cat 
And did the cat kill the mouse's family? Hell no, because the mice clearly live in the woods. Remember, when you see the mouse, don't cry. They are fine. They are fine. <laughs> you guys are missing her facial expressions that go this. Let me just say, there's a lot of expressive tongue going on right now. the family. Where did the boy meet the mouse? Outside. He yeah. lives outside. The family didn't live in his in this house. The mouse was wandering along when he suddenly decides to take over the boy's home, and then he's left his family. His family's fine. No, no, They're no. Probably no like, Where the you are putting this the fault on the mouse, and this is not the mouse's fault. This is fault. totally this the mouse's fault. This all started with the kid. Offering. The boy didn't say, come into my home. He said, hey, I got the spare cookie. Would you like some? Yeah, it That's... started with the kid. Yeah. It did not start with the mouse. This is not the mouse's fault. The mouse fault. asked for milk. That's on the mouse. That's, that because is when the mouse's you eat cookies, word. okay, every time mom would have us eat a cookie, yeah. she would say, have a glass of milk with that. That's true. That's We're how not this mouse mice. Was, but that's how this mouse was raised. When you have a cookie, you have a glass of milk. Yeah, you don't. That's how it goes. And if you can't reach the milk, then you need a straw. Yeah, right? but he doesn't leave it and there. He, no, and does he doesn't. He? No one wants to have like food on their face. That's embarrassing. Oh my goodness. He's a dignified mouse, totally and he wants to clean himself up. Defending the mouse every step of the way. I am. I can't believe this. And this is what I don't I get. I did not see this way. This so, day going this way. So the kid actually decides to do work. What the kid has been running his legs off this no. entire book. No, it is not that hard to a find a straw, b find a oh, napkin, try to find a straw in my house, <laughs> and c find cleaning supplies for the mouse. To use on your house, so the kid decides to pick up the cleaning supplies, well, he tries, but the mouse keeps and then the mouse him. is like, "Hey, I'd like to hang my picture on the fridge." And the kid's like, "Sure, here's some tape." He just throws it. It's not that hard. He's trying to put the tape stuff away. Done. You don't put cleaning supplies in a cupboard. He's... He doesn't know that. He's a kid. No, I think the mouse is like the kid's in the process of putting the cleaning stuff away, and the mouse is like, "Hey, you got some tape?" And the kid's like, "Oh yeah, we got some in the office. Here you go. Right. Gives him some tape, and then." So he hangs up his drawing, which is really cute, on right. the fridge. Mm-hmm. And then he notices the fridge, and the mouse is all of a sudden thirsty because he sees the fridge, and mm-hmm. he knows that there's milk in there. And this kid looks like he's exhausted. Of course he's exhausted. He's From, playing, following this mouse around the house for God knows how long. You think it took the mouse like five seconds to clean the whole house? No, that kid had like <laughs> hours of spare time, and now all of a sudden he's exhausted. I think the kid was sweeping they up need those to piles throw after the, kid the mouse, out of the house and that's why he's and tired. adopt the mouse. <laughs> I object. On behalf of the child, I object. But it's cute, because at the very end, the mouse asks for a glass of milk. Yeah. And then when you ask for a glass of milk, you know what you need? You need a cookie. And that's cute. It comes full oh, circle. Boy. And the kid never smiles, not even at the end. No. But the thing that exhausted. is the worst idea of all... Hmm. Is at the very end of this book, they have like these like how to enjoy if you give a mouse a cookie further. Oh well, that's this. Yeah, the original book wouldn't have had that, but yeah. But at the very end, it says make cookies for your mouse. Wait, 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 wait. No. Yeah. Oh no. Are they? Saying, I'm still saying no. Are they implying that like your kid is, is your, mouse. your mouse? Yeah, that's the implication. Because that's other, weird. Well, it's even weirder, the alternate explanation, which is invite some mice into well, your honestly, home and feed them cookies. If, if, I had, if I were a kid and I had to be compared to either the kid or the mouse, I'd want to be compared to the mouse because that mouse is an artist. Um, he's polite. I'm sure he's he a, has he more cleans, fun. He cleans. He's got ideas. Yeah. I, and this kid just eats cookies and sleeps. The kid eats 
didn't even get to eat his own cookies. What are There's you no talking point. about? The kid never gets to eat a cookie. He offers the mouse a cookie before he's at, he's not eating the cookie when that. he offers it. I don't. No. Oh, okay. Actually, he is eating. eating a cookie. Okay, on the okay on the no mouse in sight on the title page. Eating a cookie. He does appear to be eating a cookie. Yeah. All right, fine. I retract my st- earlier statement. <sighs> well, all right. So here's the... Shall I give you some facts? Yes. Facts about the book. Tell me about the mouse. Okay, first and foremost, I have no information on the mouse. Aww. Second of all... Well, no, no. There's actually... There, there's a little... I'll, I'll get to that, Missy. Give okay. me a little second here. All right, so this book is very famous, I should say, even though you have never heard of it. Um, it is so famous that Charles Schultz created two peanut strips about it. What? Uh, in 2000, uh, Oprah Winfrey chose one of its sequels as one of her favorite things. It has sequels? Oh, yes. If you give a mouse a cake? I'm going to now pie? read you, I'm going to now read you the sequels. These are not all the sequels, but these are the ones that I think most, uh, faithfully adhere to this formula. If you give a mouse a cookie. All right. If you give a moose a muffin. If you give a pig a pancake. If you take a mouse to the movies. If you take a mouse to school. If you give a pig a party. If you give a cat a cupcake. If you give a dog a donut. And the final one, if you give a mouse a brownie. <laughs> okay. Which I think throws the we're, whole we're thing We're back off. to desserts now. We're yeah, back. well, I'm like, okay, we already did cupcakes, pancakes, muffins, cookies. What's left? Brownies. If you give a bird a bud cake. <laughs> 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 Are you right there? Sorry, didn't mean to choke um, you up. There. I don't think I can. I don't think I can Sorry. do this anymore. I'm just that thinking. Is... Just, you could really think of any. Oh. Okay, if if you want to write your own book, think of an animal and think of a food that starts yeah. with the first alliteration. Letter of the Alliterative yeah. animal and food. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny there haven't been any like parody books published that I've ever seen about it, but they haven't. Continuing how famous this is. Uh, let's see. The Bronx Zoo featured the art. It was a Jeopardy question. A bus in Tokyo was painted to, with images of the mouse. Uh, Laura Bush read it uh, at the White House in celebration of American authors in 2001. Also, the former First Lady writes that the Bush family cat, India, uh, her favorite book was If You Take a Mouse to the Movies. And this is apparently true. There is a bronze sculpture of this cat sleeping on that book in the George W. Bush Presidential Library. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and uh, Michelle Obama read it uh, during the 2009 Easter egg roll, which is the true. However, uh, in spite of all this fame, it never made the top 100 picture book poll. Interesting. Not the first time, not the second time. And this may be because it's actually disliked uh, by some people. I have heard... Now, there is one objection to it that I don't really um, follow. But according to a Washington Post article, some people believe that the book represents a critique of the welfare state and entitlement program in the United States. What? Yeah, that's about the right action. Wait, what? Yeah. I missed that part. I'm not Was so sure. Was that in between the cleaning the house? <laughs> I'm, was that what the newspaper clipping was about? I'm sorry. I'm. It doesn't stand up to your interpretation. Is it, the, I will is certainly it in admit. the picture of the drawing of the family? What is going on? Now, one of my favorite, there have been somewhat some uh, parody versions, and my favorite one 
was actually featured on the blog I'm Here, I'm Queer, What the Hell Do I Read, which uh, <laughs> author Lee Wind runs. It's a great blog. That's a great name. If, if folk, yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. If anyone wants to see a good blog, that's a great blog. And he had this whole piece on... They, someone made a version called If You Give a Gay Mouse a Cookie, a fable about mice, baked goods, and civil rights. Hmm. Uh, and in it, it was actually a, a zine, apparently, but they put it online at one point, where a human character explains why allowing gay marriage, marriage would be a disaster by sharing what happens if you give a gay mouse a cookie. And it could lead to things like, if women start questioning traditional gender roles, they will want jobs and economic independence. If free universal health care and civil rights are won, what's to stop undocumented immigrants from also seeking fair treatment? And ultimately, everyone will take to the streets to demand equality and freedom for all. And that is why you don't give a gay mouse a cookie. What? Yes. <laughs> were you were following me on that one? Uh, you, you lost me at the... There you go. It, it's, at the gay mouse part. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about why the cookie would... I don't think the cookie part makes much sense myself. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. But... I have, I have happy news. This is one of the reasons I chose this week's book. You recall we had a, a listener who said, why haven't you done children's stories made horrific recently? Yeah. Well, there was one for If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Uh-oh. And you're going to read some of it. Okay. You're not going to read all of it. So of these, I'm going to say you should do the two paragraphs. It won't be that long. But if you could read these two paragraphs here, that would be great. If you give a mouse a cookie, your life will no longer be your own. You will never again know peace. You have already given in. He's going to ask for a glass of milk and you will give it to him because you are incapable of acting in your own best interests. When you give him the milk, just say no. No is a perfectly reasonable response. Why won't you say it? He'll probably ask you for a straw. And you'll give him one, you disgusting, craven clod of weakness. When he's finished, I love that line. <laughs> you can't giggle in the background. I'm not giggling in the background. I was totally silent. <clears throat> when he's finished, he'll ask you for a napkin. Then he'll want to look in a mirror to make sure he doesn't have a milk mustache. If you were to look in the mirror, you would see nothing. You barely exist. I love this because as it goes, it becomes clear that this is a Hotel California type situation where the, whoever invited this mouse in is now caught in an unending cycle. Um, because it ends with, and chances are, if he asks you for a glass of milk, he's going to want a cookie to go with it. It will never be over. He will never go. He will never sleep. You will not say no. I love that. Ugh. I know. It's horrifying, right? Uh... Children's story. <laughs> made horrific. That's, uh, that's the logo song that I want to do when I narrate them someday. <laughs> also, uh, this is from The Toast, and it was written by uh, Daniel Ortberg, who they've now updated it to say Daniel Ortberg, but of course, you know, Daniel right. Ortberg transitioned, so I was not sure that they would have Daniel's current name. They do. Excellent. Hat tip to The Toast. Well done there. Ratings time. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Well, you didn't tell me your opinion of the book. You oh. just told me some facts about it. Well, I think ratings time is the perfect time for me to tell you my opinion of the book. Well, let me hear it. All right. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I have no real... Some people really dislike it. Uh, they don't like... Uh, I don't know. I don't think they like how the boys... They interpret the boy to be run ragged. And many people interpret this to be a, a parent-child situation with the child constantly in need and, the, and the, you know, the parent type character, who is, in this case, the child, uh, doing whatever the mouse asks for. And that's bad? Well, that's the thing. Some people see that as bad. So the parent, um, parents I should not give it. their children things? No, they should, but they should 
within limits, I suppose. Right, we um, should not let children clean the house. Well, I would say when children are going to take a nap, take a freaking nap, you're not allowed to draw a picture. But that's only because I have to constantly get children to take naps. So that's <laughs> that's my lens. That's, that's, that's what I'm seeing That's through. your one qualm, that's is that my... the mouse does not actually take a nap? No, I don't really have a qualm. It's not a book you can have a qualm about. There's nothing in the book that's bad, for me, anyway. There's just also nothing that really like stands out. It's like, great picture book of all time. So I'm going to give my ratings first. And my writing is a five, because I ain't got nothing for it, but I ain't got nothing to get it. It's just a book. It's fine. I don't mind the whole cyclical action, um, and we're not judging it sequels, and it's a perfectly decent book. Yeah, I didn't know there even were sequels. Exactly, and you don't need to know It's if we're just looking at this book on its own. I mean, I, I think they should just get rid of the kid and adopt the mouse. Well, I just cannot... I cannot agree with you there. I want to know what that uh, newspaper clipping is I about. I do want to know what the newspaper clipping was I about. I want to know how they knew that the animal crackers were no longer going to have bars on the boxes. Cause... I wonder if that was a note. I wonder if like they showed the bars and someone was like, you know, it's not cool to show animals behind bars anymore. But it's so little. Like... It's so little. She's but working so on such a small scale. Clipping. I like... know. Why? It's, it's strange. I don't know. So many details. But I, I, I do think it's cute. Sure. And uh, it's a cute mouse. And I was reading like the notes at the end where it was like different ways of reading the book. You know, you could have your child, you know, put if you were to say if you put a blank in a blank or if you gave a blank a blank, mm -hmm. then the kid can like make up their own story and have their imagination run wild, which is cute. That is cute. Or you can have the child if they read this enough times anticipate what's going to happen next. Right, what the next if then. Right. Yeah. Um which is cute. Yeah. Um, not a fan of the drawings, really. Not, Interesting. Not... I mean, they had a lot of details in spite of looking so simple. Yeah, but it's still simple. Yeah, but you <laughs> liked the mouse's drawing. I only like the fact that the mouse is wearing a backpack, overalls, and boxers, because that's adorable. <laughs> so I, I wrote in my notes I gave it a six. Okay, so, so it made it. It's a toe-over-the-line. It, it is a toe-over-the-line classic. All right. Unlike your poll, which it's not even showing up. It didn't up. even show up. It didn't even make the cut. I'm not going to say it didn't get any votes. It did, but they weren't enough. They weren't high enough. People would give it, like, out of a, you know, one being the best, ten being the least, people would give it, like, a ten. So hmm. it never made enough votes to make it. So it, it could have like, been, like, yeah. 113 or something. It easily could have been 113. Which yeah. I would say that would, like, that's like a toe over the line. When you're yeah. just a little bit past You're 100. not in the top 100 out of all. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It it certainly was high. Well, the fact that anybody voted for it at all, I'd say, was, was significant in and of itself. I mean, it's not that old. It's fine. You mentioned, you mentioned the mouse. We mentioned rodents. This reminds me of a story a librarian told me that happened to her where she was next she was sitting at the desk, you know, children's room. This woman comes up with a pile of different children's books starring mice. Oh, I thought you were going to say just a pile of mice. Just a pile of mice. She just has, like, a whole armful of them, <laughs> and she just throws them in her face Dead and mice says, is like, here's my pile of mice. <laughs> I named them all Fluffy. They're for you. Can you categorize them in alphabetical <laughs> order? I want a barcode on the tiny, tiny This feet. one's Minnie. This one's Mickey. Okay, I'm sorry. I read the story. Continue. No, I like yours better. Um, so she comes with this pile of mouse books. Ah. And we're talking, you know, every possible, like, there's the baby mouse books. And there's the, if you give a mouse a cookie. And there's just, like, all, because there's a lot of mice in, in children's literature. So she puts it down the desk and she goes, mice are disgusting, disease-ridden creatures. 
and these books teach children the wrong things about them. And then she stands there and the librarian was talking to me and she says, and it was like she wanted me to remove a burning match from beneath my shirt <laughs> and to light them on fire at the desk right there. And so, she? She did not oh. because she is a librarian and we do not do that to books. Oh. And I think they just got nicely reshelved after the somewhat odd woman left. So the woman owned these books or she checked no, she, out the books? she didn't check them out even. She just pulled them off the shelves and said we shouldn't oh. have these in the library because it teaches children that mice are cute and they're not cute. So I how suspect... Much time, how much time do you think she spent in the library looking for mice books? Well, due to the fact she found a whole pile of them, but it's not hard to find mice books in a library. Did she pull books that didn't have the word mouse in the title? I don't think so. Ah. I think she did a... Uh, yeah, if you give a mouse a cookie... Yeah, baby mouse. I think you're right. I think that's how she found them. She just yeah. typed in mouse. Mouse, exactly. I don't think she even typed in it. She just went to the shelf and went boop, 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 boop. And then, <laughs> I I don't know this woman, not personally at all, but uh, I'm sure she had a bit of a mouse problem at home, if I wish to. Uh, As I said, yes. if you give a mouse a cookie, call an exterminator. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, letters time. Ooh. We have a couple. One's from Mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, Mom wrote a whole bunch of stuff, but the only part I'm going to read is this part. Um, she <laughs> says, I distinctly remember Time Magazine saying that bed knobs and broomsticks, I should back up here. So remember we mentioned bed knobs and broomsticks. Uh, okay, you don't remember. So no. we did the little old woman who was not afraid of anything. Oh, the giant floating pumpkin. Giant that floating pumpkin. That was not giant. giant. Yeah. Correct. We will get to that. Okay. Uh, we will get to that. Um, and I said that it reminded me of bed knobs and broomsticks at the end when the suits of armor fight Nazis. Oh, right, because right. I said, if anything fights Nazis, it sounds good. Right. Like three blind mice right. with brass knuckles. If right. they fought Nazis, you'd be all in. So, yes. Yeah. In fact, yeah, you can make a whole children's book, picture book series of just various woodland creatures fighting Nazis. I'm all in. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's been done. Really? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> it has not. Nazis, have, Nazis don't appear in children's books all that often. That's it, weird. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. Anyway, getting back to what Mom said, she said, I distinctly remember Time Magazine saying that in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which was a book first, yes, it was a book first, but it had a different title. No one remembers this. Bed Knobs and Broomsticks in book form. You want to know what it's called? Huh. You want to take a guess? Broomsticks and Bed Knobs. You were so close. You are actually so close. It was called Bed Knob and Broomstick. Oh, come on. I Give kid that you to not. Me. Give, I, it, give it to me. I'm I... giving you a half a point. Okay. A point five point. And, uh, yes, which was a book first, thank you. Disney had done the impossible. He'd found two English children who couldn't act. Well, actually, there were three English children in there. Uh, apparently, one of them could act. Who knew? But you both dropped the ball by not remembering, and then she did a link to a moment in Harry Potter, I guess the last film, when McGonagall makes the suits of armor defend the castle. Wait, uh, what, what, what about it? What's she saying? Just, just that we it... should have remembered and invoked it. Uh, ah, yeah. That's on you. You're the dude, librarian. Dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> then she says, And Betsy, in invoking the horror of ordinary things gone wrong, Terry Pratchett several times mentions the dream in which boots walk by themselves. Okay. I'm fine with that. I've only ever read Terry Pratchett's children's books, so that's fine. Then Jill wrote in about the little old woman who wasn't afraid of anything. And I remember how I was saying she didn't look that old, right? Yeah, she was like 50s. I'd say even like late 40s. Yeah, yeah she had, gray, but she had gray. She looked, but she didn't have a line on her face. 
Either she was Botox But she or... was a little, little, little saggy. You know yeah, well, I'm like... a little saggy. I mean, I'm in my early 40s. She could be, she could be right? <laughs> but here's the thing. She says, um, Jill wrote, go back and look at Archie Bunker, Betsy. He was in his 40s. Is that true? Was Archie Bunker in his 40s? Really? I, I hope not. Really? If so, I'm much older than I thought I was before this conversation. Huh. All right. Oh, and maybe, everyone. Maybe late 40s. Yeah. There we go. Late not, 40s. Not early, That's fine. Not not early, early 40s. 40s. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I have to go. Um, everyone agrees with you that it would be much better if that book had been about a giant pumpkin about to crush a little right? old lady. Right? Yeah. Can uh, someone make that book of killer pumpkins? Yeah, you know what? You you are all, all you people who agree with her are sick. You're sick people. You're geniuses <laughs> You're is what sick, you are. Sick minds. Mwah. Mwah. Geniuses. Yeah. All right, grown up things we like. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll okay. go first. I went uh, to a movie theater and I saw a movie there. Mm-hmm. A, a current film. I had a, I know. Was I it a Marvel movie? Uh, no. Uh, it was not a Marvel. I don't. I wasn't saw Venom. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. No. Uh, no. I saw First Man. So that's the Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong movie. Sure. Okay. That's a thing. It sure is. Okay. It's by the guy who did La La Land. Uh huh. And it's the story of Neil Armstrong. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And does he live? <laughs> I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> oh, okay. But I will tell you this much. Man, Buzz Aldrin in that movie comes off like the biggest jerk. Is he the biggest jerk? I don't know. Maybe, but maybe it's that's why he came he's, off as the biggest jerk. Well, he's alive and Neil Armstrong's dead, so I would kind of think. And they thank Neil Armstrong in the, at the end of the film. I'm like, did he prove this film? <laughs> because he comes off like this real Wait. callous. Wait, Buzz Aldrin comes off? Yeah, Buzz Aldrin comes off as like a huge, not so nice fellow. There we go. That's a. That's a nice one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I saw it. Uh, yeah, it's a fun film. You can go see it. It's going to get some sort of Oscar love, I'm sure. So. Yeah, that's all right. I'm yeah. good. Okay. Well, that's fine, too. I'll just watch Apollo 11. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Who doesn't love Tom Hanks? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It wasn't called Apollo 11. It was though. Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I was, I was, like, I was pre- testing you there. Pretty sure it was a different Apollo. I was, I was testing you. You <laughs> passed. Good job. And, and people like listening to this were like all screaming at the... Like what? I don't think there's. There I think I think they're going. Wait, what'd she say? Wait, wait, did wait, she? I'm gonna rewind that. Wait, wait. Fifteen seconds back. Fifteen seconds back. Okay. That's all right. All right. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. your thing? What's your thing? So I have been binging on Hulu, the TV show Speechless. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen an episode, I need you to stop listening to this podcast. Go find a TV. And start watching it because it is something. It's it's groundbreaking. It mm-hmm. stars um, Micah Fowler, who has cerebral palsy, and there's never been a TV show where the main character has a disability. Like Breaking Bad, the son has a disability, but mm-hmm. he's not the main character. The dad's the main character. Well, even if there was a show, you, the person playing the part would not have that same disability. I would right. say. This, yeah. the, the, the actor has a disability. Mm-hmm. The character has a disability. The show is called Speechless. His character cannot talk. Mm-hmm. So it's about him. And it has Mini Driver. And it's really smart. Because the guy who created the show grew up in a household where his older brother had cerebral palsy. So he's writing the show about what he went through and what his brother had to go through. And it tackles things that you... Didn't, wouldn't even consider or think about like and everyday things like 
you know, they, they get a new house and it's one story, but the doorway, the wheelchair can't fit into the doorway of the bathroom. How are you going to solve that? You know, it's little things like that. Or they'll be like, um, what you can and can't say in front of someone who's disabled. And I just watched an episode that featured Zach Anner. And if you don't know who Zach Anner is, A-N-N-E-R, he's a comedian with cerebral palsy who has a YouTube series. And I also highly recommend checking out him because he's hilarious. Um, and he talks about having cerebral palsy and what you should and should not say to someone with cerebral palsy. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but go check out Speechless because it's a very smart show. And I really like it. It sounds a lot better than First Man, quite frankly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ignore mine. Go see hers. It's cheaper, too. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is pretty cool? Um, mouses that wear overalls and boxers and little tiny backpacks because it's adorable. Yeah, I was going to say this show is pretty cool. Oh, that too. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kine, and our second tier totalist is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. <laughs>